Root Insurance puts you in control. Root is a new type of car insurance that uses the sensors in your smartphone to look deeper than other insurers. Here's how it works. Download the Root app, hit the road, and we'll take care of the rest. The app measures your driving behavior, like turning and braking, and gives you a custom rate based primarily on your driving. The better you drive, the better your rate, meaning good drivers could save hundreds. Visit joinroot.com today to get started. Disclaimers may apply. See joinroot.com for details. Curious fuckers, we have some exciting updates and news. That's the oh BBC, like going in. Yeah, so we actually have our launch date for our Patreon. It is the 9th of. What month October. 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 I knew that. 9th of October, guys. So make sure on the 9th you go and check it out for that extra deliciously interesting, juicy. I don't want to say juicy because you always say juicy. But it is juicy. It's fucking juicy. It is fucking juicy. It's so juicy. It's like a watermelon. (laughs) We spill spill all the teas. All the teas. All the British teas. Yeah. Sticky, sweet tea. You're listening to Fucks Given, the one with Megara Fury. Hello, curious fuckers. I'm Reed. And I'm Florence. And together we're Come Curious. When we're not just fucking around on YouTube and Instagram. Every Thursday, we invite a new guest onto Fucks Given to talk about their best fucks, worst fucks, and the fucks that made them. We also answer your sex questions and read out your sex stories. So stay tuned as we divulge all the delicious details. Welcome. Hi. How you doing? <laughs> Hello. <laughs> How you doing? I'm good. I'm really good, actually. Um, things have been going very well when it comes to the the whole hypno thing. So I'm like tinkering with the other business end of people for a change. Oh, hypno. So good. Yeah, I've been doing hypnosis and NLP and life coaching and all these kind of things. So wow. just using. Yeah, it's, it's so much fun. So I'm just using all my experience as like a dominatrix who's used to dealing with people like all that kind of shame and stuff around their kinks and things um, and just helping people that are, you know, maybe struggling a little bit or if there's any addiction stuff going on because I've got experience of that as well. So, yeah, it's been good. Been that it. is so interesting. Like straight off the bat, like, domi- like being a dominatrix and a sex worker links so well with different types of therapies yeah yeah absolutely even since I was a dancer um most people think that as a dancer you're going to go in there and it's going to be like hyper sleazy guys trying to touch you and all that it's really not as guys want to tell you that they want you to tell them that they work too hard and they should take a day off and you know know, (laughs) I I think everyone likes to be told that especially by a sexy lady Yeah, you work sure. hard we should just go on holiday together that's what guys want to hear they don't care about anything else it's just yeah as a as a sex worker you always end up a therapist for people you know, i get told things that i'm sh- pretty sure people haven't told another soul in their life and never will and oh, um, so. i'll take that to my grave but it's nice it's nice being trusted in that way yeah Blimey. i mean so is that is that how you would introduce yourself like if if we were to say tell tell our listeners who you are would you follow that path? 
So I would say, like, first and foremost, um, I'm a dominatrix and I'm a, a secretary for a trade union branch for sex workers in Scotland. Oh, wow. Um, that's my two big things. Um, and then thirdly, I'm a, a hypnotherapist, a, an NLP practitioner and a life coach. Um, and I've actually come up with a whole like way of working, like a whole methodology, um, which has been so successful since I started it, um, called the Dominant Mindset Method. So it's taking I've learned and integrating them and, and creating like a, a bespoke plan for people to be able to to sort out whatever problems are coming up for them. So Oh, that sounds so interesting. So how tell us a little bit more as well about the union that you're a part of in Scotland. So that came about when um, there was an MP down in, in London who decided that she wanted to try and bring in the Nordic model in Scotland or yes. in the whole UK. And I remember that. Yeah. So at that point, I thought my job was in danger. Um, mm-hmm. Even though even though I don't sell sex, it's still in danger because, you know, you open that floodgate and then everybody else topples, you know, it's like a domino effect that could happen. Mm-hmm. So I just thought, well, I'm already out there. Um, people already <laughs> very much know what I do. I've got nothing to hide, nothing to lose. Um, so where would I go if um, I needed to protect a, like a regular job? I would go and join a trade union to try and prevent redundancies yeah. and things. Um, that's when I approached GMB because I wanted a big name, like a big trusted name in, in the trade union scene, um, yeah. someone that's part of the TUC and the STUC. Um, what do those things stand for, by the way, for people that don't know? TUC is, the, is basically the, they're the governing bodies for all trade unions. So ah. the STUC and then the Scottish TUC, which is just basically just a big governing body. Um, yeah. MB are the only one who's gone against the grain because as a whole the, the TUC to adopt the um they've adopted the the thing that all sex work is exploitative and it's violence against women. Mm. GMB are the yeah. only trade union, apart from the kind of smaller fringe trade unions that are popping up just now, um they're the only like mainstream one that are that have said no work, sex workers are workers and they deserve the same protection as any other worker which I thought was incredible so that's amazing GMB loyal but yeah <laughs> I I'm actually fully surprised that there are like just a general government trade union that is pro-sex worker that's like yeah. actually that's such a breath of fresh air mm-hmm. yeah I mean they're just pro-worker full stop you yeah know, in the all the tools and everything that we need. We've got a film media team. We have like a social media team as well. Someone that organises and vets all journalists that come in, so that we make sure that we're not walking into traps. And they will yeah. like coach everybody. And they're like, it's, the support we've had has been incredible. Um, yeah. So yeah, it's been really, really good. Awesome. Fuck number one. The last fuck. My last fuck was quite a while ago. Um, <laughs> lockdown has hit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so my, it's really like uneventful. My last fuck was just literally two minutes. It lasted off the end of my bed. <laughs> oh, no. I'm at the point, everyone. But yeah, that's, that basically was it. And it was, it was 
extremely disappointing. Oh, <laughs> so no. I hate that. That's not one to go out on. <laughs> no, because the thing is, you can have a really great two-minute fuck when you both come really quick and you're like, whoa. But yeah. if, you're, if you're dissatisfied, then, yeah, that's quite disappointing. Yeah, it was them. Um, I, I mean, I don't think either of us were that satisfied with it. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> well, I'm so sorry. I'm like, yeah, it's fine. Like, <laughs> how has it been? Um, how has it been through uh, lockdown as well, and not having any sexual activity whilst, I guess, still having a job that is sex related, but without, you know. For me, like sex is a very psychological thing, like. You know, the physical part of it is obviously important and stuff. But for me, like the psychological thing has to be there or I don't enjoy the physical side. So mm. you know, getting to do a lot of the stuff that I do at work and especially, like, you know, still chatting to people online and, and doing bits there. And yeah. it still kind of tickles that little um, psychological side of it. So I still feel like I'm involved and I have like, I suppose, a kind of warped version of a sex life. <laughs> a virtual sex life maybe that's your um, last fuck though maybe that is your last fuck like a virtual <laughs> video fuck yeah um you know most, the clients that I get coming in there's obviously a very strong boundary there and the minute any sort of money changes hands that changes things for me but yeah um but I like that kind of that the creativity of what I do and, and that's like a big big thing and I, I I like to have that in my own sex life as well as just having that creative part and having that kind of um kind of living out some things that I've got maybe stored up in in my own mind that I want to I want to do so it's cool how has it been like during uh lockdown being a dominatrix have you been like working around that virtually so yeah my my dungeon closed um yeah down hit and I'm and I you know I went into panic mode because I'm I'm not really an online person and mm-hmm. um, I do my social media and things but you know cam work and stuff is something I've always just been like I'd rather just not have money <laughs> and, um, <laughs> so, so I just uh, I was kind of kind of forced to look at that and to widen my perspective a little bit and go okay why are you uncomfortable with this what is it about this um and I think it was part of it was the money was like two pounds a minute doesn't sound that much, mm. you know, but when you take off all of the different costs and stuff like the commission for the company and everything else. And then I thought, well, you know, you, you're going to need eight, it's either two pounds a minute or it's nothing, lady. So mm. <laughs> I, just, <laughs> um, I started doing OnlyFans and really ramped that up. Um, admire me as well and then the thing that I've found with doing cam work I've been doing it on uh, adult work is I can't I was really surprised that I can't see the person that I'm talking to and I'm such a visual person Ah. see if I can't see you and I can't see your expressions if there's like silence I'll fill that silence with my own thoughts and go maybe you actually hate me maybe I should have worn something else (laughs) like sometimes those kind of insecurities were coming in when I was because oh, I was very really it. Mm. You, you do go through it on webcam because if somebody logs mm. off or they don't want to speak mm. to you anymore, you instantly relay that back onto yourself on what you've done and you think it's your your fault rather than just thinking like, oh, maybe the postman just arrived or his, you know, his kid just came yeah. into the room or like he, he lost internet connection. 
Mm-hmm. Um, you have to really get yourself out of that mindset when it is when you are doing webcam work and, and truly not believe that it's you that's t- making them log off. Or they just came quick, you know, and they're like, oh, done. I'm good. Like, <laughs> <laughs> See ya. Yeah. So like, I think that was kind of a bit odd for me, um, especially when on adult work, there's a 20 second delay and you've got like old man Bob one finger typing back to you. And I'm yeah. like, are they even are they gone? Are they still <laughs> always waiting for the kitchen and they're gone kind of thing? Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. Fuck number two. The best fuck. My best fuck. Okay, so I like spontaneity. I like like new things happening and, and stuff, things that I don't expect. And oh, yeah. I was on holiday with a friend and um, we ended up meeting this like Italian guy, just random Italian guy. She quite fancied him, I quite fancied him, and <laughs> we were very, very drunk. And then um, <laughs> we decided, and I was like, okay, well, we'll share then. <laughs> um, this guy's got no idea that any of this conversation's going on. He's just standing, just being, just existing, and <laughs> we were making all these like wild plans for him. But anyway, so we <laughs> ended up talking to him, and I mean, she was really beautiful, and you know, I, I was no bad looking myself. So <laughs> the thought never really. We were young in our twenties, and the thought never really crossed our mind that there would be any form of rejection. <laughs> so. Yeah. We, you know when you're young and you're just like I'll I'll have him like (laughs) yeah I love that it's like that confidence (laughs) so yeah so we we ended up approaching him and it it just ended up this kind of like wild night and we made this pact that we would keep our red high heels on the whole time no matter what oh my god that's hilarious oh my gosh we also had a couple of other rules for ourselves so one of the rules he couldn't really speak much English so we were discussing all this and he's just like smiling and nodding along like a real good himbo and um her and I are just like right, so what do we do when, when one of us is bored? And I was like, I don't know. Well, what we could do is we could shout, bail, bail. And then, and then just... <laughs> it's like, like in the plane when it's like, if you hear braise, braise, put your hands over your head. Like, <laughs> <laughs> she said to me, like, um, we need to we need to do something that's so we know each other's came. And I was like, right, okay. And then she says, right, you have to shout. Because we were, like, giving each other dares and stuff as well. She's like, <laughs> oh, my God. If you, if you come, you need to shout, fuck's sake, fucking bastard. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, okay. So, so there's all that. So he came up, and we didn't realise he was super camp as well. So he's just, like, <laughs> in the bedroom, just, like, thinking he's God. And then, Oh, God his pants coming off and everything and he was just like he was just he didn't know what was going on because her and I like one of us was on his face another one was on his dick and we were like high-fiving in the middle shouting oh, yes <laughs> I felt towered him it's like the, the male reverse totally so we were such little men that night it was so much so much fun mm-hmm. um, and it definitely just stands out as like one of the most hilarious nights of my life and you know like I remember his name was Silvio. That's all I remember. About <laughs> Silvio. When we, so she shouted Bail Bail. She was the one that shouted it because she was just like, I'm done now. Um, so I just <laughs> immediately just hopped off him and I was like, goodbye. <laughs> just yeah, like, bye. Bye. 
And I'm like, he was just like, what? And I'm like, get out, you have to go now. And he, just, <laughs> he just shut the door and we were just, I jumped on the bed and we were just lying back. Like, that was hilarious. And, uh, and that was it. We just went to sleep. So it was cool. That oh, sounds so good. <laughs> he was probably like, just about to bust a nut and then he was like, what? Did he come? Uh, no, he didn't. <laughs> Oh, the poor guy. Silvio, we feel for you. Then blue balls. Oh. <laughs> oh my god, that's actually true. He would have had the biggest blue balls. Yeah. And, they and they're really painful. they're really painful. Yeah. Especially if he was that turned <laughs> on. <laughs> I hope they're still blue to this day. But yeah. <laughs> that's the dominatrix yeah, in you saying that. You're like, mm, yeah, be blue, be in agony. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Did you did you like do sexual things with this friend, or was this like the first time that you ever did anything like that together? That was the first and only time that we did that. Um, mm. But we had other little dares that we threw in there as well. It was June, and I dared her <laughs> to, put, <laughs> to put his balls in her mouth and have my Christmas carol. Oh my god, a Christmas carol! <laughs> he must have just been like. <laughs> going on <laughs> she started humming and like it took a minute for him to kind of click to what she was humming and he's just looking at her <laughs> what is she doing there's probably some like very traumatized um sicilian guy just walking about yeah like, afraid to afraid of red shoes <laughs> yeah. oh. oh my god he probably has something <laughs> to do with red shoes now you need to reach out to him do some like you know therapeutic trauma resistant hypno oh, I on him need that. i think you'll definitely need that yeah <laughs> i mean he didn't feel like there was any lack of consent though he was absolutely diving straight in there i think yeah. there was more of like, just a confusion for him like, yeah what well, would have yeah. been the language barrier like <laughs> why the jingle bells is this a thing in scotland <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, probably scottish like, ladies are yeah. crazy terrified of scottish <laughs> women <laughs> yeah. so that, that was hilarious that was my best one fuck number three the fantasy fuck i've had to think long and hard about this and mm. what would i want because most of the stuff that i've ever wanted to tick off i've already ticked off oh so, like you know all the kink stuff that i've i've had my own dungeon for what 10 years now yeah and you know, I've done I've done most of the things that I've ever wanted to do, but so I think it'd probably be something just very like normal. <laughs> I don't know. Mm-hmm. Like, some I've done most things, but I just like that kind of. So I've got quite a busy mind. I'm constantly like I'm running two businesses. I'm constantly thinking up like what's the next thing that I need to do, what sessions have I got to plan, I need to come up with metaphors for doing the hypnotherapy and all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. So I think for me, just having that ability to just switch off and just get lost and fuck, you know, just kind of Mm. like, oh, and and quieting the mind down a little bit because I'm always always switched on, like, and it takes a lot for me to kind of like quieten down that, 100 mile in our brain so yeah that that even though it sounds pretty conservative is the kind of that's the fantasy for me, it's for me <laughs> to 
let fucking go so yeah do you would you ever like completely switch because obviously you're a dominatrix would with because I feel like if you switch that's when you could like properly turn off see I wouldn't well that that's on one that's my next one of the ones that oh oh it's coming (laughs) it's coming Um, so the switching thing I've tried and I know it's not for me oh really the what I like is just the what I'd like to do is just have everything all kind of mapped out have complete and utter free reign so that I can just get lost in whatever I'm doing and I don't have to you know I can be spontaneous and I can Mm. do loads of different things and I know that the person you know we've we've spoke about it loads I know that they're definitely into all of the things that I've got plans for them and I don't have to like worry or check in like that would be the fantasy like just having complete freedom that does sound like the ideal fuck though right like Mm -hmm. having someone that that's that good at communication like that spiritual connection where you can just fully get like lost in each other that is the dream like if you find that that is the dream (laughs) absolutely (laughs) read your face is like uh, is it the dream? Oh, I need that spiritual connection to just have a great fuck. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, mean, I guess the, the spiritual thing I could is somebody that I would say is would be more of like a partner level. But I think yeah. I could have that kind of absolute trust with someone without having to like mm. a relationship or have that kind of any more any more than a kind of meaningful connection you know it needs to just be that kind of I trust you that you're not going to hurt me and or in any way that I don't want to be hurt yeah Yeah. you know I trust that you've got my best interests at heart and and we've spoke you know I really enjoy being able to speak so openly with someone about sex like that's a massive thing for me and that again ticks off that psychological side Mm. box, which is lovely so and this is you mainly mainly doing stuff to a partner, not not the other way around. Yeah, uh huh. And I, I love I love having total free reign to do that and just to oh. just, yeah, I really really enjoy that. Um, you and sound I guess like that's great lay, <laughs> like a real great giving <laughs> lay. <laughs> yeah. I think oh, do you, do you think like you're a giver then? Definitely then a receiver. Hundred percent giver. Like mm. I love giving and. And people get that mixed up when it comes to domination because really, if you look at, if you want to strictly define dominant or submissive, I'm only doing the things that people ask me to do. So who then is the submissive really in that? Because I'm just following yeah. the directions from someone else. Yeah. Um, but I just do it in my own dominant way, in my own spin, in my own creativity. So um, so yeah, it's just, I'm definitely a giver. And I think that as a you know, I, I feel like a lot of subs that I've had in the past have been super self-indulgent. Like, there's very few that are true slaves where it's all about the mistress. Most of them are subs rather than slaves. And subs are people that are like, well, you can do this, but I only want to run with that thing. And I only yeah. want to do and, and if you, and please don't say this word or that word or then, you know, all of that stuff. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So me, for me, I guess if you know to put it in just a few words, my fantasy thought would be having a true slave. Yes. Someone just like fucking, I'm I'm just your meat puppet. Do you <laughs> want? Uh, <laughs> what could you tell us one thing that you would do to them? 
Oh, right. Okay. So, <laughs> so there's loads of things like, I think definitely loads of CBT. I love the whole um, chastity thing as well. Mm-hmm. Um, cuckolding. Um, yes. I love pegging. I think pegging's like the best thing, but so many guys like just don't, they're not into it. They're just mm-hmm. like, Turn up my bum, make me gay, and I'm like, it won't. <laughs> <laughs> it won't. Oh, I'm a guy, of course I'm not. Like, so fucking just shut up and take my big rubber dick. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm really, I'm into like big sort of like big silly himbos. You know, the guys that are just like, yeah, we love a himbo. They're just like running about with their muscles and big dick, and they're just like, oh, okay, I'll just do whatever. And I'm like, yes, yes, you will. <laughs> I thought this was a word that Reed made up the other day. I didn't realise it was something that everyone yes. used. This is a this is an advert from BetterHelp Therapy Online. This is an ad from BetterHelp Therapy Online. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a therapist and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Just fill out a brief questionnaire and get like... Matched. Just fill out... Why is this so hard to do? I'm like looking that way. I can't do this. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. With over a thousand therapists in the UK already, BetterHelp can provide access to mental health professionals with a wide variety (laughs) of expertise. (laughs) With over a thousand... With over a thousand therapists in the UK already, BetterHelp can provide access to mental health professionals with a wide variety of expertise in mental health. Do you need to say that again? This episode is sponsored by Beducated. As you all know, I've been on a little bit of a celibacy journey. Meaning I haven't had sex in over a month. So I've been looking into how I can experience more pleasure with my solo sex. And this is where Beducated comes in because they have all the courses that I need to learn how to do like sensual reawakening with my vulva and tantric massage and also... I saw a course on there about learning how to dirty talk. I know this is completely not relevant, but (laughs) I'm really intrigued. No, it's all relevant. Beducated is this really amazing website where you can sign up to do courses and learn about sex, like dirty talking. I've been doing a squirting course. (gasps) Oh, wow. So in all spirit of masturbation may... We're sharing Beducated with you. Yes. I mean, what's not better in masturbation, mate, to actually take the time to focus on yourself and your own pleasure 
and masturbate. And it's literally good for you. It releases all your happy hormones and reduces stress. There's literally no reason not to masturbate. So Florence, what have you been learning in your course? I've been learning techniques that I have never tried before when it comes to masturbation. Which areas are more sensitive and which bits turn me on more? The technique thing has been blowing my mind, like the way that the language is used and, you know, it's it's people just like us teaching. It's not, I don't know, it's not someone sitting there in a lab coat. It's people who have had these experiences. I was learning from Lola Jean. She's like the squirt queen, right? And the way that she talks about even just like not going straight into G-spot stimulation, she's explaining everything that you know, if you have an oversensitive G-spot, you might not want to go in with direct penetration. You want to explore and give pleasure to your G-spot externally, you know, not necessarily on the clitoris. Yes. I feel like if I keep going and I keep practice with this, I will be able to squirt. And if that sounds like something you'd be interested in, you can try Beducated with 50% off the yearly pass with our coupon code COMECURIOUS. That's C-O-M-E curious. Don't say we don't look after you. And of course, you can try all Beducated courses for one day absolutely free and you won't be charged for the first 24 hours. You can cancel any time and they have a 14-day money-back guarantee. So invest in your love life today and join Beducated now from just $8.33 per month. Get access to over 100 courses online from the world's top experts. To get on Beducated now, click the link in the description and remember to use our coupon code COMECURIOUS. That's C-O-M-E, CURIOUS. Invest in your solo pleasure this masturbation may or use it with a partner. You can also get a personalised Beducated gift card for your loved ones. Happy wanking! We wanted to tell you about our Patreon. We just wanted to say that we're independent and this is a really good way for independent podcasts to fund themselves. You can find all the links to the right stuffs in the show notes, in the description, and of course on our social media, on our little link tree. So yeah, check it out and come say hi. Flying around, man. It's the new word. It's basically the, the male version of a bimbo. But himbo is like yeah. generally a, a nice, sweet guy who looks after his granny, but is like big and quite dumb. It's quite like a, yeah, like, like bimbo. It's, like, it's, a, it's a stereotypical word, you know, it's not necessarily a compliment, but it, yeah, it's a stereotype for sure. It's like bimbo. You think of a bimbo being like a stupid girl who's like only into sex. It's kind of the same himbo. Mm. Fuck number four. The what the fuck? Well, <laughs> I was, oh, how old was I now? About 19, I think, 18 or 19. And there was this guy that I'd fancied for so long, like ages and ages. And I'd met him in a bar and I was out with my friends and this guy came over and I was just like, holy shit, it's him. And um, <laughs> we started talking and stuff and it turned out that he quite liked me as well and um and he said right well, we we were in a place called Brackney which is like the east end of Glasgow um and he said well, why don't we go into town I want to go and like go clubbing or whatever and I was like okay cool so we ended up in this um this gay nightclub called Bennett's mm -hmm. and 
and I, you know, my heart sank a wee bit because I thought, oh no, is he like gay? Am I just like, have I misread this completely? So, <laughs> um, but he just liked the place. He really just liked the club because it was cheap drinks and like it was just cool. So that's yeah. also amazing that he was open to go there. Yeah, man. My dad mm-hmm. loved gay bars back in the day. He was like, I'd pick up all the the straight women going with their gay friends. It was the best place to go. He was like, great music. I could wear leather. It was fucking great. <laughs> Oh, dad. It definitely moved them up in my estimations because I was like, this is this guy's cool. Like once I learned that he was straight and he was cool with going to gay bars, I'm like, this is cool. What an elected guy. So end up going back to his house. Um, Everything's going well. We are like shagging and all that kind of stuff. And then he tells me that he's been taking ecstasy tablets. (laughs) I was like, okay. What the fuck? All night? Oh, I didn't even notice that he'd held it. He'd held like, hid it so well so then um, so so we were shagging he's telling me he loves me and all this and I'm like but you've only met me tonight (laughs) like how can you love me um and then he obviously told me about the (laughs) told me about the eckies and stuff and I was just like right okay this is weird now because I'm I was very anti-drugs like Mm -hmm. so and I'm like why did you do that all that stuff um and then he tells me that he thinks he's having a heart attack oh for goodness sake no so scroll down 10 minutes and we're we're having to call an ambulance for him (laughs) oh my god I I expected maybe just like a strider pride the next day and that would be the worst of it but instead of that I'm then in the back of an ambulance with him heading into the royal infirmary he gets hooked up to a heart monitor and he was crying in the bed (laughs) and then he's like could you go and phone my dad and tell him that I'm in hospital they gave me like 50p for the phone. So I was like, oh, I just met this guy. <laughs> and I had to go. I was so hungover, still sore from all the pumping. And I had to go and like pick up this payphone and phone it because it was like way back. I'm 37 nearly. So I had to phone <laughs> and his dad didn't answer. And I had to leave a message on the answer phone and just say, Hi, you don't know me. And but <laughs> like, I'm just a a friend of your son's and he's in the Royal Infirmary now and, and um, he's uh, there's something wrong with his heart <laughs> and then I just hung up and I was like I'm, I'm gonna leave now <laughs> so Shit. I just went, I went home and, uh, and I never saw him again but that was the weirdest experience of my life like wow do, do you know do you know if he had a heart attack I mean it sounds like a panic attack really I think it probably was a panic mm. attack but you know I just, I never, like, hung about to find out. I thought his dad will come up and sort him out or whatever, but this is just too weird for me, so. <laughs> yeah. I See, I, I don't think, uh, doing drugs and having sex is fine, but when you're with somebody and you're not honest about what you're doing, it's like if you were to turn up to a date completely drunk and they weren't, I feel like you have to give them that knowledge that you are going to be, that you have been drinking or that you are a little bit drunk or you have taken something because there is that sort of weird element of dishonesty there that I'm not so really keen on. Like, yeah. I mean, if he had told you earlier and you're like, oh, yeah, great, can you give me some? And then you could have had a great night. But the fact that he kept it from you, I don't don't know how I feel about that. I don't know either. It was just like, as if it was just the norm for him. So yeah. and then for me, he didn't know my stance on drugs at that point. And that point I was like anti-drugs. Mm-hmm. That changed a bit in my twenties and, and now like I'm completely straight edge. But 
um, it just it was just an odd thing you know I'd never really encountered anyone like because at that point the only thing that I thought about drugs was like if you take ecstasy your brain will come out your nose because of that <laughs> Leah photo. so I don't no. like well, his brain's going to come out his nose that's what's going to happen to him but um, really like it was just it was just odd like why not why not tell me? And then that really further kind of entrenched those views that drugs are bad because mm, yeah, yeah. he's ending up in hospital and stuff. So yeah. Yeah. I, I wanted to ask, um, when we were chatting on the BBC podcast, you mentioned that you were so against sex work. And now that you're a full dominatrix, like how did you make that transition? So I made that transition the minute I walked into um Seventh Heaven, a strip bar in Glasgow. Um, I'd always been dead against it. Right up to the very minute that I walked into that place, um, I just, I had all these weird misconceptions. This, you know, it was fueled by insecurity and fear and what I thought about myself or what I thought to be true about myself. Mm. And I just thought, like, and you know, I had a boyfriend that knew someone who was a stripper as well. And he the way he spoke about her wasn't very nice. Yeah. And now that you know, looking back on that, I can see that that definitely influenced my views. Um. I mean, I used to, yeah. used to watch a lot of porn, like way too much. And for me, like I became resentful about that because it got to the point where we weren't even having sex, and there was like mm-hmm. magazines all under the bed. There was a suitcase full of them in his cupboard. Like oh, it, was, it was like right. magazines at that point or VHS tapes. So. It was just like I felt like that that became like a barrier in our relationship. So I think that was part of my resentment, um, and just the way that he spoke about about women that did that. And you know, it got to the stage where I used to just cause an argument with him by saying I'm thinking about just doing porn, and he'd be like, "What are you doing? Why would you do that? It's disgusting, mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff." And um, so I carried that with me for a long time and I was working with um I was working in a car garage and I was in town with the guys from work one night just having a few drinks. Um and some of them said to me, like, do you want to go to the, the chicken dippers? And I thought we were going for food. So I was like, <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I want food. And um, because I'm like one of these people that when they drink, they just want to eat everything. So I was like, yeah, we'll go for chicken dippers. And they were like, no, no, it's not food, it's like we're going to the strippers. So, and, and I was like, and my mood just, I remember it clearly, my mood just dropped. I was like, no, I'm not going there. Like, it's disgusting. Like, I can't believe you go there, blah, blah, blah. And they were like, oh, fucking loosen up, man. Like, it's quite a good night. It's not what you think it is. If you don't like it, we'll leave. And I was like, right, okay. So, mm-hmm. you know, the drink did kind of lower my inhibitions a wee bit, I suppose. But I walked in there and I was I was so uptight, you know, like my shoulders around my ears, just like arms folded, pure horrible face on. Um, and I opened the door and I was just seeing all the sparkles and like, and all the, the women that were there were just normal women. I just built them up in my head so much that they were going to be these like amazing Glamazons and they would all look down their nose at me and all this stuff that I'd taught myself and um and then we went downstairs and we sat down it was all table service and a couple of girls came over and one of them was a few of them had said like do you want to dance and if the guy said no they just disappeared so it wasn't like leche or anything like that or sleazy or seedy the way that I'd built it up in my own head mm. ridiculous imagination and um 
And then once I'd calmed down and I realised that everybody was just normal, I was listening to people's conversations and like how the girls were selling their dances and immediately my sales brain kind of kicked in and I was like, she should ask more open questions. Like he would definitely have a dance if she showed a wee bit of interest and da 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 da. Mm-hmm. And all these things started to go on and I'm going, I could make money at this. <laughs> so then um, I left the strip club that night and I started looking for dance lessons. I phoned up the club actually the next day and I was like, are you looking for any dancers? And they were like, yeah, but how much experience have you got? And I was like, eh, none. And she says, well, you're going to have to get some dance lessons then because like you need experience. So I phoned, um, she gave me a number to phone and I phoned and I got two lessons on how to do a strip, like a pole routine and a lap dance. Mm-hmm. And then I went nice. an audition a week later um, and they took me on and they said, look, we'll just not put you in the pole for the first few weeks till you're comfortable. Um, they, they, there was a lady there that helped me like, and, and they, she said to me, look, the best thing to do is just look around you when you're dancing and see if there's any wee moves that you want to incorporate into your routine. She said, just look at the more experienced girls and you'll get a, more of a feel for it and you'll develop your own kind of style. Um, and I did, and, and I did really well out of it. And what I noticed is, see if you say it's your first night, you make so much money. So <laughs> what I used to do is I'd come in on all different nights and I'd I'd sit down and I'd be like, it's my first night. And <laughs> I was doing, I'd, I, it was my first night in every club that I went to because I, I ended up dancing in loads of places all around the world. But every single place wow. that I went to, it was always my first night. <laughs> so That's so good. Yeah, that is such a, an amazing kind of story and change. And I like, I totally see where you were coming from at the beginning, like being in a relationship like that and, having someone around that uh, I guess in he like watched like a lot of like he was a consumer of sex workers but like had such a bad opinion of them so obviously you would take that on board and then you'd also see all that stuff and feel like slightly jealous or something in your relationship yeah and it would definitely um make you feel like a certain way and it it, see it, it takes seeing sex workers in real life to understand like what it truly is totally and it's and the thing is like I can't even blame him you know I chose I took that on board so it's my it's my opinion my mindset and I'm happy to take ownership of all of that and I always have um but it was also my responsibility to change that and to find out the truth of the matter rather than um, and it took me a while to do that because I was pretty easily led. Um, I was a chronic people pleaser when I was younger. So, you know, if someone told me to be something, I would be it because I just wanted to be yeah. liked. And that is something that's had to grow and develop through time and through experience and getting older and and, go, and really looking at myself and being very honest with, you know, what my, what my opinions are, my thoughts are, and where do they come from and are they true? Um, and that's something yeah. that's been good. And I think that, I think if the world had a wee bit more, I'm not perfect at it, but if the world had a wee bit more of that, a wee bit more of like looking inward instead of outwards, then yeah. there would be a lot less kind of hostility on things like social media and stuff like that. Very true. But you now have a job where people literally worship you. They don't just like you, <laughs> they worship you. <laughs> fuck number five. The fuck that changed the game. I would say the fuck that changed me, and this is kind of like in a professional sense though, is 
<clears throat> I'd spent all my time training as a dominatrix, really focusing on the dominant side of things, developing and becoming better at verbal, better at um, like my skills and, and better at technical stuff, better at building up layers of things that I was doing. But it occurred to me that I'd never actually seen it th through the eyes of a sub. And this is the thing that I was saying earlier about trying the subbing thing. So ah. a very, very trusted friend um, I says, look, I want, to, I want to see this through the sub's eyes. And a lot of it, I'll be honest, I didn't like, but I thought it was really important for me to experience it from that side so that I could be even better as a professional, so that I could yeah. put it in my dungeon and go, well, that's what that feels like. And this is what went through my mind. So maybe it might be similar for them. And how can I make that better? So it was, it was quite a kind of, it was more of a sort of educational technical kind of fuck but mm. it was and there was like another you know the, there was a side of it that was just us being us but yeah um it definitely made me a much better dom it also solidified my belief that I'm dominant and I'm not <laughs> you know that um that I like to be the giver not the not the receiver um to be finished yeah, i feel like i was gonna say something but i've forgotten what it was so, now did you have any questions read? stuff that i haven't tried so mm. um but i would definitely say that's that's made me who i am yeah here. I think that's so important. I think it's so important that anyone that's going to be super dominant in the bedroom, mm -hmm. like they need to know what it all feels like because otherwise you don't know what you're doing yeah. and it's not really safe if you don't really know what you're doing. Yeah, absolutely. Did we finish? I, I feel like I was going to say something, but I've forgotten what it was now. My brain. Did you have any questions, Reed? I was going to ask about like um, your opinion on sex workers' rights or like England versus Scotland and sex work. Well, Scotland have just announced their um, they're doing a consultation on whether or not to bring in the the Nordic model. Mm -hmm. So basically, <gasps> what they're doing is they're asking the public to comment and, oh, and to God. decide. Now that Jesus. becomes that becomes a popularity contest. So mm -hmm. there that's dangerous. Yeah, and it's going to be difficult. It's going to be a super hard fight. Um I as the trade union secretary, um, I'm still working with the dancers because that, that's still ongoing. So I don't have capacity to fight that on top because obviously I need I need to look after my own energy and my own time. So mm -hmm. I've passed that yeah. on to like the the escorts that I know. Um, and and said to them, you know, there's there's full support um, if you need it from from GMB, which who who were incredible last year when we fought the dancers campaign. But um, yeah. right now, like it is horribly cruel timing, considering people are on the bones of their backsides mm -hmm. right now, panicking yeah. over COVID. I mean, me personally, like the number of clients that I've got have dwindled right the way down so yeah and then I'm getting cancellations because somebody's got a cough or their kids get a cough or whatever mm -hmm. and it just becomes yeah. like and then they want to just remove clients from from people who are already struggling in the name of saving wow. people like come mm -hmm. on it's so there's, wow there's an election coming up so it's it's pretty obvious timing um 
Oh God. But that's really scary during this time when everyone's struggling so much. Is there anything our listeners can do to help the situation? Um, anyone in Scotland just um ask people about, you know, what what do they want and really educate themselves on um on the Nordic model versus decriminalisation. So Nordic is where you would criminalise all clients. Um what that does is it, it reduces the pool of clients that are available because a lot of the, the people who don't who are a bit scared of that kind of thing drop. Yeah. Um, what it also does is for the people that are left, nobody wants to give their details in case it's a raid. So then you can um, so then you can't really decipher between a good guy and a bad guy. Um, yeah. because everybody's not given details. What about um, people with disabilities that need sex workers? This is what I said to. Um, this is what I said on the radio, or no, in fact, it was the TV. It was BBC the Nine. That um, if you criminalise all clients, then if it's going to be all clients, then you're going to criminalise people that are vulnerable, people who oh, don't God. have the ability or the you know the the means or whatever to just go on you know, go online dating or go and go to a club and meet somebody in a bar or any of these kind of things. Cause that, you know, it might happen in their world that that's the norm and that's what they get to do. But um we have to remember that just the our our world isn't everyone's world. Like so just like if you've got a problem to solve and there's ten people that need to solve it each one of those 10 people will have a slightly different solution based on the experiences and the thoughts and the, the opinions that they've got in their little bubble of the world. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's when it comes to um, people's opinions on sex work. And that's why it's really mm-hmm. important that you ask the people that are actually doing it rather than just basing it on your little made-up bubble of thinking that you've pulled from different things and, and yeah. you're then putting out there as fact and truth when the fact of the matter is it makes sex work more dangerous um and you know no one wants it so it's just mm. it's, yeah, it's annoying. so basically now is the time to really be so like proactive by being like pro-sex worker mm-hmm. like talk about sex work normalize it so that it becomes like a normal uh career in more people's eyes so I guess yeah we just need to open the conversation more don't we yeah absolutely and it's like I mean I'm not wanting everybody to be like you know the absolute blue sky would be all sex workers are seen as like legit jobs and workers and all this kind of stuff and it's you know when it comes to the public it needs to be baby steps it needs to be first of all let's just keep them safe and then we can take the next step from there which is yeah. okay well let's give them some nice premises to work from and let's give them mm-hmm. rights and let's but when it comes to the public, although we've, we're already living in our bubble of, I know what this is all about and what we need, yeah. they're not there yet. And they're really not. Nudging people just along that route and, and being patient that not, that, you know, people need time to pick these ideas up and to understand them and to, to allow that to percolate. For fuck's sake. This week's sex question is. I recently told my boyfriend of one year and seven months that I had never finished from penetration, as in orgasm. Mm-hmm. He He's obviously very hurt and he thinks that the whole sexual side of our relationship was a waste. However, I don't see it that way. It's going to take a long time to rebuild this part of our relationship and I was hoping that you could offer some advice. I mean, bravo to this girl, like, actually 
coming out with her truth and speaking to her because this is a tough subject and that's a very hard thing to do especially after a year and seven months was it to be able to speak to her partner that must have been terrifying to do because you just have no idea how your partner's going to react so fucking kudos on you girl for actually you know grabbing life by the balls and and saying your truth that's it's it's hard and it's really hard to tell someone that oh like you're not making me yeah that's hard I kind of see that in the in the sense that if I told my mum that I really really loved her terrible lasagna every time you know what she'd do she'd give me more of that terrible lasagna Mm -hmm. so Uh I think it's really really important and it's hard though because it's scary because nobody wants to hurt somebody that they love that thinks that they're giving you everything that you need and it's done with the best intention and stuff it's hard to say actually that doesn't work for me so yeah I I think that she's she's such a brave soul for doing that but our sex life will be better but then I think the next step needs to be well what does work for her Mm-hmm. and yeah can to you know really explore that side and figure it out and for him he can't throw the baby out with the bathwater. it's one tiny little part of the relationship like there's that's an opportunity to grow and it's an, and it's nothing personal on him it doesn't mean that like his dick's shit or anything like that they've just they just need to find a new way of like making this happen and, and also not, exactly not really you know nothing on him but I don't know why he hasn't checked or this hasn't just been an open conversation from the beginning why well they haven't had uh, I mean I I know why because they haven't been given the tools or the right education for it um Mm -hmm. I mean why hasn't he gone like oh did did you come this time was that good for you was there something I can do better um I noticed you were a little bit quiet or um, what does an orgasm feel like for you? And then it's like, oh, I actually don't know. There's a lot of things that could have been said, but it does sound like a, sh- a shit situation that hopefully now can change for the better. But it sounds like you would have probably have hurt his pride and it's whether or not he has yeah. the confidence within him to be able to like take that brat back, bring that back into the relationship and end up having great sex with you. Yeah, I think it's worth maybe when you're sort of trying to rebuild your sex life, focus on the positive things that he did do mm-hmm. and then build from there. Be like, I really liked it when you did this, but you could have like, we could just do that a little bit longer or like we could do this then afterwards. And I think for his ego's sake, let's butter him up a little bit <laughs> in when when uh <laughs> when we're rebuilding things but it's it is going to be a bit of a long game of communication and learning how to communicate with each other properly because basically you've gone a year and seven months without communicating with him mm, and yeah nice. that's going to be hard for him to hear yeah positive affirmation is always the best way forward it's just saying I really like that. Do more of that. Keep doing that. Um, yeah. it, but it also yeah. depends on like how you are in bed as well. Like, if you're a very loud person in bed, then maybe all this time he genuinely thought you were having an orgasm. Um, maybe make it, maybe make it your prerogative that if you do actually come or if you're close, I verbalize it. I say like, oh my God, I'm so close. Or I, I can feel like I'm getting there. Like, oh, I, I was almost there, but it's just reset. Or like, I am coming. This is amazing. I am telling you that I'm coming because sometimes my orgasms just sound exactly like normal, regular pleasure. 
Yeah, very true. I can orgasm silently. Yeah, like, yeah, quite yeah, a lot silently. Of the time. I'm just like, I, I, <laughs> yeah. Last time I was, li- I was literally like whispering, like, "I'm coming, I am coming. <laughs> this is what's happening." And he was just looking at me like, "What?" <laughs> oh, you could, you could just shout, "Fuck's sake, fucking bastards!" Yeah, <laughs> fucking bastards, get out! High five. Well, unfortunately, it is time for us to fuck off. Mm. But Megara, thank you so much thank for being here. Oh, we we never heard the story behind your name. Oh, uh, so Greek mythology. <laughs> I was told about the name. I wanted alliteration, so M M Mistress Megara. And then I thought maybe then maybe I want a surname. I don't know. So I was looking at uh, I was looking at minerals from geology because I was studying geology at the time and I was looking at malachite and all these different things and then um, I was on I ended up in Greek mythology for some reason and there's three sisters there's Megara um, there's Tisiphone and there's Alecto and those three sisters were sent down by the gods to punish men to the point where they wanted to kill (laughs) themselves because they've done bad things not to kill them but just to cause them extreme pain and I was like oh my wow (laughs) So they were That's called the, the Furies or the Arinyes. Um They started off as baddies, and then because they did such good work with punishing all the men, they then became hailed as like semi-god heroes. And um, I chose Megara because it had that alliteration in it. So Megara, yeah, I so good. Uh, imagine that, like three goddesses sent down to punish men. Literal dominatrixes. Yeah, literal. <laughs> and then they were awarded for it. How amazing. No. <laughs> I mean, that's not a very feminist way to look at life, really. Where's Where's my three men coming down to punish punish the bad women? I want some yeah. three gods. That, that sounds good. Send <laughs> some three of them. Of them. To my bedroom please <laughs> <laughs> well thank you so much for coming on your stories were amazing oh, can you tell our curious fuckers where to find you oh in several places um there's for the domination side of things you can get me at mistressglasgow.co.uk or twitter at megara fury my instagram is i love megara which is easy and it's nice to type and then <laughs> for the coaching side of things, you can get me on dominantmindsetcoaching.com and you can book a free consultation. They'll make a plan up for you and then we'll get cracking. So, yeah, it'll be good, good to see people. Amazing. Beautiful. <laughs> I, hope, you. I hope people do contact you. I bet you they will just to just uh, to yeah. see, see your beautiful face and get some whipping in there. Yeah, that'd be good. Well, have an amazing day and I will speak to you soon. Thank you so much, my lovely. Um, Guys, uh, thanks for listening to us today. I hope you've enjoyed this episode. If you have, please share it around. Spread it like the STI we know you guys got. And give us a rating and a review. And I'm going to say this again. Please, if you're listening to on (laughs) Apple Podcasts, give us a rating because we had some trog leaving us one stars and bad comments. And we all know that's not the general gist of what you'll think maybe it is man maybe the three three goddesses are coming down to go find him yeah so anyway if you love this podcast please just take a second to leave a rating and a review we would love you forever and if you have a story or a sex question please email it in at fks 
givenpodcast at gmail.com. Especially if you guys are super fans of the podcast, we will be having a Patreon out where you get loads of extra juicy content from Florence and I. We cannot wait until it launches, so keep your ears peeled. If it hasn't launched already, I don't know whether or not we'll have like a little advert slipped in at the front of this, to be honest. But uh, other than that, we will all, you'll hear us next next week, next Thursday. Yeah, yeah. Goodbye, curious buckles. Goodbye. Root Insurance is all about you and how you drive. In fact, that's the number one factor we use to give you a better price, which puts you in control. Just download the Root app, hit the road, and we'll take care of the rest. The app measures your driving behavior and gives you a custom rate based primarily on your driving. The better you drive, the better your rate. It's car insurance made for you. Visit joinroot.com today to get started. Disclaimers may apply. See joinroot.com for details.